Hello everyone! Today I'm going to be talking about intermittent fasting and my experiences with it. It is a tool that I've utilized on and off for the past couple of years and I first experimented with it I'd say probably three years ago. Now there are different ways to participate in intermittent fasting but essentially what it is is it's choosing a method in which you are going to fast for a certain amount of time. So I feel like generally the most common one would be a 16-8 fast, which would mean that in a 24-hour period, you are going to fast for 16 hours and consume all your meals in an eight-hour window. There's also uh, a 5-2 method where you would eat what you know you would consider normally for five days, and then the other two days of the other two days, which you would spread out throughout the week, you would stick to a five or 600 calorie meal plan. And I think that works really well for some people, but can be really challenging for others. And then lastly, there's when you choose to fast for one or two 24 hour periods over the course of the week. So example, maybe you eat normally Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday you fast for a whole 24 hour period and then you eat again normally and then in say two or three days you fast for another 24 hour period. So personally I have only experimented with the 16-8 fasting or intermittent fasting um, protocol and I kind of wanted to speak to that and my experiences with it. I think there are a lot of pros and cons to fasting and there is a decent amount of research out there. I will say though that um, it's always a good idea to read the research, but generally speaking, it's not, it doesn't involve large numbers of people. And so this is kind of why you also need to take into consideration your diet history, your relationship with food, and also your health levels. And if you are trying anything new, I do always recommend talking to your uh a medical professional, someone who can give you feedback as to whether or not this is something that you think is right for you, especially if you're someone who is breastfeeding, has struggled with disordered eating, if you have a compromised immune system, or are taking like medication for a diabetes, it's always good to check with your um, GP to assess whether or not this is something that's right for you. Now, that being said, my experience with intermittent fasting has been I, w- I want to be honest and say mixed and I come back to it from time to time and implement it at different times. But I will also say that as a lot of you know, my relationship with food has really changed and shifted and improved over the last number of years, which is why, although it's something I'm utilizing right now, it hasn't always been something that has felt great. And so I wanted to talk about, you know, the pros and cons because there are like the research shows there are pros in that like it has been shown to lower bad cholesterol levels it has the chance of or the potential to reduce your insulin resistance and there is some interesting research showing that um, fasting can also reduce it, this is also research in animals has shown that it, fasting can reduce the risk of cancer and even slow down the aging process but once again this is in animals not in humans But the bottom line is intermittent fasting is not any kind of miracle dieting protocol. Absolutely not. It really is just a way to concentrate your calories throughout the day or throughout the week, which can make it 
a little bit easier for some people to stay within a calorie deficit or within maintenance calories. But depending on your goals, this can also be really challenging, which I'll talk about in a moment. So some of the pros. I have found that intermittent fasting is fantastic when I'm traveling because usually we're either at an Airbnb or a hotel and having to have breakfast every day can be a little bit like, oh, it's time consuming or I kind of just want to get out of the house and go and explore or do something like that. Or breakfast is really expensive and I'm trying to save money. And so sticking to, you know, two bigger meals can generally be a little bit more uh, cost effective. Um, But when I am at home, I also find it's time effective because I'm really focusing on just getting two big quality meals in as opposed to having to have, say, three meals and two snacks, oops, which is something that I have done in the past. Um, I will say it's also a lot easier to maintain my weight, but I will say this can come at a cost, which I will speak to in the cons section. And when it comes to maintaining your weight, the reason, or losing weight, the reason this is easier is because, think about it in terms of if you're restricting your eating window. So if you're trying to consume your all your meals in an eight hour period, this for me generally looks like starting to have my first meal at say noon or one o'clock. So I stop eating at about 8 p.m. and I will fast from 8 p.m. until noon. So when I do that, it's it makes me a lot more mindful of how often I would find myself snacking in the evenings or if we're watching TV. I feel like for a lot of us, that's the time of day when we most find ourselves mindlessly eating, you know, popping your head in the fridge or the pantry and seeing, you know, what looks good despite how we're actually feeling hunger wise. And so I find when I am intermittent fasting and being like, all right, last meal and all my snacks and everything are done by 8 PM. I'm a lot more mindful of that. Oh, Hey, you know what? I find myself wanting to go to the fridge or pantry, but it's nine o'clock. So I'm actually not eating anymore, so I'm not going to eat. And the reality is that I'm not actually hungry and don't need to eat. So I feel like this is something that brings awareness to my eating habits and can be really eye-opening in terms of even if it's something you don't stick to long-term, just becoming aware of that can be really beneficial and something that you're like, oh, I didn't even realize I do that. Or eating just out of the out of habit or out of boredom. So I find, yes, that's, it, it does make it easier to maintain my weight because I'm eliminating the evening snacking, which is generally unnecessary. Um, some other pros, intermittent fasting can be great because, well, there's less time spent on eating. And I'm someone, I know that sounds really strange, but I'm someone who Like I've done all the different diets and fads and the like, oh my goodness, I have to eat six small meals a day. And if you are someone who's done that in the past, you know, just how time consuming that is. Like how much time does it take you to put together six small meals or three meals and three snacks or whatever it is? It's really time consuming. And don't get me wrong, please don't ever think that I'm um, saying that's something bad to do. If that works for you and that feels great, then please definitely keep doing that. But if you are someone who's just following that kind of protocol, because someone said it is great and it works for them, 
it can be beneficial to reassess that and consider, well, do you really need to eat that often or would you be better off having larger meals less frequently? So it's not that you're necessarily having less calories, you're just having more calories less often. All right, another pro. So mental clarity. A lot of people who fast say that, so for example, if I'm fasting starting at 8 p.m. and I wake up in the morning, I wake up at 6 or 6.30 normally, I'm fasting for I'd say the first five hours of my day when it comes to work. And there is definitely... I would say a mental clarity to my focus. I haven't eaten anything. I might have some tea. I've recently started having a little bit of coffee and I will say the caffeine is great at, this is always problematic, but I was like, I hate to say this, but caffeine is a natural appetite suppressant. So it helps you to endure the fasting phase a little bit longer and with greater ease because like I said, caffeine is a natural appetite suppressant. And I just, I'm always hesitant to say that because I think people can misinterpret that and misuse that information, but that is the reality of caffeine. And so if you are someone that drinks caffeine normally and you don't add anything to it, so you have, you know, you can keep it at zero calories or under 50 calories, which is generally what um, people consider you can have to not break your fast, then it does make the 16 hour phases a lot easier. I know when I wasn't drinking coffee or any caffeine, the 16 hour phases were particularly long and devastating, which I will talk about in the the challenges aspect of this podcast. So energy levels can be really good and mental clarity can be something that a lot of people uh, find improves while fasting. Um, something else is that for those of people, for those of you who don't necessarily like counting your calories or macros or tracking anything like that, intermittent fasting is a great way to maintain your weight or lose weight without having to track. Because if you've ever done fasting for, I'd say two or three weeks after the first week, which I will not lie is quite challenging, it your body is incredible in that it gets used to things and then it will get used to on most days waiting a little longer to eat. And when you wait a little bit longer to eat your first meal, okay, say my first meal is six or seven or 800 calories. That's delicious. It's great and all that. But because I am having a larger meal, I don't also find that I'm hungry that soon after. So if my first meal is breakfast. Sometimes, honestly, I have like thousand calories for breakfast if I'm fasting. And that definitely ties me over, I'd say for like five, six hours. So then I find myself, maybe I'll have a snack uh, in the early evening and then I'll have dinner at say 7.30 or, you know, that kind of time period. So I'm eating right before my fasting window closes. And then I might have another six or seven or thousand calorie meal then. And because of that, because I'm having larger meals, I feel sustained for a longer period of time, which in turn helps me to reduce my mindless eating and snacking. But also if you are someone who is trying to lose weight, it's physically a lot harder to have such calorie dense meals in a shorter period of time. Now, I do want to state that just because you are utilizing um, intermittent fasting 
it does not mean that you're meant to go and just eat super calorie dense foods because it is harder to, uh, have a higher calorie intake. That is absolutely not the point of this. You still want to be focusing on nutrient dense foods, whole foods as often as possible, but the same rule applies for, you know, if you're eating quote unquote normally, and that is you want to prioritize these things, but it does not mean other foods should ever be off limits. I'm not someone who believes in restricting food or restricting um, foods you enjoy. Absolutely not. You can definitely still eat things you love. And I would always encourage you to eat things you love. That is so important. It's more just a matter of learning about portion sizes and sticking to eating when you are hungry, as opposed to eating out of habit and, you know, stress or emotion. All right. Now, Moving on, when it comes to challenges, in the past, I definitely encountered more challenges. And I would say this is because of where I was with my relationship with food and the struggles I was having with that. And so this is why intermittent fasting is not for everyone. There's actually quite a high you know, dropout rate. And I, was, I think it's around you know, 35 or 38% of people who try intermittent fasting give up on it. And that's why the thing I'm like, I don't want someone ever to feel that like they're a failure or, you know, just not, not, not good enough because they're not able to do it. It's not for everyone. And that is absolutely okay. Think of it as just another tool in your toolbox for your overall health and well-being and diet and diet, just meaning foods you choose to eat not that you have to be dieting or losing weight all the time. Absolutely not. I've said this before and I'll say it again. It's absolutely amazing what your body can do and accomplish eating maintenance calories and surplus calories. And I hope that all of you at some point have the opportunity to do that with intention. Um, okay. Now some more challenges. Uh, if you are someone who works shift work and your schedule is constantly changing, it can be really, really challenging to utilize intermittent fasting on the 16, eight, uh, protocol because, you know, you go three days, three days, you're working days, you know, you have a day or two off and then you have three days where you're working nights. And that's really challenging because, well, when are you supposed to fast then? when your schedule changes so drastically, it can be really, uh, not ideal for you to be having to go, okay, well now I'm fasting during the day or now I'm fasting during the middle of the night because I'm working during the middle of the night. And that's when it gets a little bit tricky. And for some people, not sustainable or realistic. Same goes for depending on your training schedule. If you are someone who likes to train first thing in the morning, well, then it, can be a little bit problematic in terms of how do you feel if you don't eat for say six hours after your workout or trying to go in such a way where you're like, okay, well, I'm going to start my eating window a lot sooner and I'm going to eat at say, you know, nine o'clock, but then what does that mean? Nine to five. So if that would mean that if you start eating at nine o'clock, technically your last meal should be at five o'clock, which means that if you go to bed at say 10 or 11, that's five hours of you consciously just not eating. And I will say that can be hard physically, but also physically in the sense of if your last meal has been at five o'clock and you wake up early in the morning at say six to train, 
Well, then you've already gone 13 hours without food and your energy levels are going to be pretty low. At least for me, I'm someone who needs like something in my system with, within reason. Um, and that's why I say, depending on your training schedule, it can be a protocol that isn't necessarily going to feel great for you. And so assessing if your training schedule is something you can play around with, work at a different time of day and, you know, work within your parameters, but you might find, Hey, you know what, based on when I work out, this just isn't something for me. Or you might find that you want to try one of the different things like a five two um, fasting schedule. Okay. Next thing, social events. Um, social events can make it challenging to stick to an intermittent fasting schedule because depending on when your first meal of day is going out for brunch with friends, or if you are someone who eats really late, I mean, when we were living in Europe, we would have dinner with friends, literally reservations would be at like nine 30. And I'm like, cool, cool. I'm going to have to eat before then because this grandma is struggling not only to stay up, but to like wait to actually order my meal at 10 o'clock and probably start eating at like 10 30 or 11. So depending on your social life, intermittent fasting can be great, but also problematic. Now, one thing I do see some people do is when it comes to breaking their fasting cycle, you know, say the 16 hours have passed and you're having your first meal. Some people get into the habit of they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry. I'm starving. And then they want to have a huge, huge meal and something where like after that period of time, their stomach is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're literally force feeding me so much food and I don't feel great. And then because you overeat, you get really lethargic and tired. And that's kind of not also where you want to be. And so figuring out an appropriate meal size to break your fast will take, I'd say, some trial and error, but also something which you want to be a little bit more conservative about. And I'd say, hey, you know what? Eat till you feel satisfied. And then if you're unsure, wait a while. You can have some more food an hour later if you're still hungry, but I don't think there's anything. The feeling of overeating is definitely unpleasant and not something you want to go through because I think then you end up having a lot of highs and lows where you have long periods of hunger and then, you know, the immediate feeling of being overstuffed, which just isn't great overall to go between those um, stark contrasts. All right. Another challenge I found is sometimes when I'm intermittent fasting in the past, I would have times where days where I'm just not necessarily that hungry. And as someone who has learned to honor their hunger levels, this kind this might mean that, Hey, you know what? I'm really not hungry. So I've had a small dinner despite not having eaten for a while, but then the problem rises where, okay, now it's 11 o'clock. Technically my fasting window has closed, but I'm getting hungry and I'm not sure if I should eat. And then in the past I've been like, okay, well, you know what? My fasting windows closed. I'm not going to eat. And then I'll go to bed, but I will actually wake up at the middle of the night because I'm so hungry. And that's problematic because you are essentially under eating to your own detriment where you are affecting your sleep cycles, your energy levels. And then that's the challenging part where you have to assess, okay, do I break my fast a bit early? Do I, you know, make my fasting or my eating window a little bit larger today? 
And this is where I'm someone who, uh, okay, this is some people who are really strict about intermittent fasting won't agree with this. And I completely respect that. But as someone who is struggled with my relationship with food and mindfulness and healthfulness, when it comes to eating, I will not have any issues personally with shifting around that schedule and saying, Hey, you know what? Today I can't fast for 16 hours. I'm going to eat until 11 o'clock and then do my best to fast until noon tomorrow, which would mean my fasting window is only say 13 hours instead of 16. I personally still find that beneficial and better for my mental well-being because one of the challenges that I encountered in the past that caused me to you know, drop out of intermittent fasting is that I found that it became all consuming and that I was like, well, I can't eat yet. I can't eat till that time. And then all I could think about was food and how hungry I was. And this is why I will say it is not something for everyone and will take some trial and error. And I think that sometimes we try to stick to a protocol because, you know, this is what it is. It's a 16, eight intermittent fasting schedule. And that's what I have to do. And if I can't stick to 16 hours, well, then this is, you know, I'm a failure. And I, I want to say that this is where you need to assess what your goals are, assess how you're feeling about it, and perhaps, you know, try making your own in terms of, hey, maybe, you know what, I'm only going to fast for 14 hours and my eating window is going to be 10 because I found that I need to eat a little bit earlier, but I really like trying to stop eating around say eight or nine o'clock because it helps to eliminate the mindless eating. There's nothing wrong with that. If you find something beneficial, then keep it up. But if you find it detrimental to your physical or mental well-being, then perhaps it's not for you or perhaps you need to, you know, play around with things and experiment in such a way so you're feeling successful and feeling like you're having more benefits than challenges. When it comes to intermittent fasting, one other thing that I will say is if you are someone who is a hard gainer or someone who is trying to intentionally put on weight or has a challenging time maintaining their weight, intermittent fasting can be, I don't want to say problematic, but more difficult or make those things more difficult because it is generally harder for most of us to consume more calories in a shorter period of time. And so you would most certainly have to go out of your way to make sure you're including more calorie dense foods so you can consume enough calories to maintain your weight or to gain weight. One other thing that I will say just wrapping this up is that if you are someone who feels, you know, you've given this a try, it doesn't work for you. All you feel is hunger. You can't focus on anything. You can't wait till your next meal. And all you can think about is food. Then perhaps intermittent fasting isn't for you. And that is absolutely okay. There may be times in your life where, Hey, this is a good fit. And times where, you know what, this is just not the best thing that I should be doing. Like I said, it is not, you know, a miracle diet tool. It's just another tool in your tool belt to help you work towards your goals, perhaps help with, you know, mental clarity and energy levels. There can be, like I said, some health benefits. If you are someone who is struggling with certain things like high cholesterol, but once again, 
it's always a good idea to talk to your general practitioner and hear their thoughts on if this is something that might benefit you. But with anything like this, I always recommend doing your own research. Talk to those in your life who have perhaps tried this, ask for feedback, look into the research yourself and assess whether or not it's something you'd like to try. If it is something that you're going to give a go, I would definitely just suggest that, or I want you to go into it knowing that, you know what, it likely will be challenging initially. And maybe the first seven to 10 days are going to be less than pleasant, depending on how you currently eat and how frequently you eat and even just how much you eat. And so I say, if you're willing to and want to try, give it a go, but do commit to it and say, Hey, you know what? I know this is challenging, but I'm going to stick to it for those, you know, seven to 10 days and really assess how I'm feeling after that, because there is an adjustment period. But I'd say if you can make it through the adjustment period, you may find some benefits to this, but you may also find, Hey, you know what? This just isn't for me. And that is absolutely okay. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I'd love to hear your thoughts and feedback. You can get in touch with me on Instagram at justget.fit, or you can also email me for one-on-one nutrition coaching at Nikki at justget.fit. Thanks so much for listening.